0: Hello listeners, this is Kapil Khandelwal, KK of uh, quote unquote with KK. We are broadcasting our 2020 season finale. We have invited back Mark Mobius uh, or started our show back in uh, May this year. Uh, Doctor Mark Mobius ha- has been um, working on our podcast for last few sessions and has been an inspiration to many of uh, our listeners uh, globally as well as in india today our podcast has reached over 175 listeners in india and globally thank you mark for being part of our journey thank you mark this time of the year when all the sell side equity researchers and uh, uh, equity houses and brokerages published their uh, 2021 outlook we thought it would be great to have you back to decode what's going to occur in 2021 and give your views on what's in store let's remember that uh, the largest of the brokerages and research houses uh, including our fund, did not get 2020 right. <laughs> so, due to the COVID pandemic. However, Mark, in May, both you and we, our fund, had predicted a V shaped recovery. And I'm glad to inform our listeners this turned out to be true. And we will talk about it as well as we go along uh, in our show. Let me first introduce Mark once again for our listeners who are new on our show. Mark is uh, the guru of Emerging Markets Asset Group and is currently the managing partner of Mobius Capital Partners. Mark was the chairman of Templeton Emerging Markets and was managing $40 billion, which he created single-handedly when he started with Templeton. Mark has written several books and has been board on boards of IMS and several other think tanks interestingly mark has just released the book which we are also going to talk on our show today it's called the inflation myth and the wonderful world of deflation interesting uh, you know welcome back mark and uh, to begin with with your latest book could you brief our listeners about it and how does it apply to india's inflation control and fiscal measures and fiscal planning. It seems to be a paradox.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right. By the way, here's the picture of the book uh, that we have just came out. And uh, yes, I mean, the whole premise of the book is, first of all, uh, the measures of inflation are very faulty because the basket that's used to measure inflation from one point to the other, constantly changing. So it does not really give a good reflection of what is happening in the economy. And uh, one of the reasons why I wrote the book was because I see that central banks around the world depend on inflation numbers. In fact, they even target inflation of 2% uh, in order to bolster economic growth. But it's very faulty because the inflation measures themselves are not accurate and are quite faulty. That's number one. Number two, the reality is that Yes, uh, inflation in terms of money, money uh, going into goods and services is going up. In other words, the amount of money you need to buy something goes up. But at the same time, wages and incomes go up. And at the end of the book, I point that out. Even in India, I have numbers which show that wages and salaries, incomes have gone up uh, greater than the increase in uh, the so-called inflation rates that's being measured. So uh, the whole premise of the book is that because of this, we are actually in a deflation. In other words, because of the uh, advances in technology, uh, we are seeing things getting cheaper and cheaper. Uh, So we're in in an amazing period of mankind's history where technology is making our lives much easier much simpler and much cheaper in terms of our income. So I think there's a very important uh, lesson for all of us that we must begin to love and love deflation. A lot of people ask me, why is deflation good? Well, the beautiful thing about deflation is that for the lower of the society, they benefit the most because goods and services for them go down as it does for the rich people, but it impacts the poor people the most. So inflation hurts the poor people, deflation helps them. Excellent. Mark,
0: uh, what what message would you have on from your book to our Indian economy, uh, the planners, and the people who do all the fiscal planning? They always look at inflation as a good thing in India and um, a way to manage uh, money supply, our forex uh, exchange uh, ratios and what have you, how do, would you kind of uh, convince them to look uh, inflation in a different lens?
1: Well, first of all, I would tell them, don't pay attention to the inflation numbers. Don't use them for policy guidance. What they should be using for policy guidance, the degree to which the society is becoming more productive. So in other words, the government efforts should be directed towards increasing productivity in society. Now, how does the government do that? Well, one of the things the government does is spending on uh, infrastructure, roads, bridges, uh, mass transit systems, etc, etc, making people uh, easier to get to work, uh, communicate with each other, etc. Uh, this increases productivity generally for the society. And I, I think uh, one of the important developments that we've seen recently is so-called modern, um, modern Monetary Theory, MMT, Modern Monetary Theory. And under this theory, I think it's very interesting to note that uh, you are not supposed to be paying attention to government deficits. In other words, the government is the issuer of currency and therefore will never have a problem of paying its debt. The problem and the challenge for the government is how to allocate uh, this debt. It can run up a big debt, but it must allocate it to resources which will become more productive. In other words, will help the society to become more productive.
0: Well put, Mark. Uh, uh, Mark, let's uh, roll back to 2020. um, And... uh You know, all the fears of the pandemic are behind us. Uh, So do you think that we are in the pandemic fading, fading stage and the economic recovery is fully uh, in place and uh, what are your views uh, about uh, this phase of our recovery and uh, moving forward in 2021, what sectors or what percentage of uh, the GDP in emerging markets would be constrained? because of the pandemic.
1: Well, as you know, the stock market is a precursor, is a predictor of what's going to happen to the economy. And you've seen this incredible surge in the stock markets, particularly in India, you've seen an incredible performance uh, since the beginning of the year. Now, what is that telling us? That telling us that next year, India will have a very, very good economy. So although some people are saying, well, India is shrinking this year by 10%, but next year it will be growing by 3, 4, 5, 6%. But uh, the numbers will look like 15% because you're having a minus 10 and a plus 5, let's say, that's 15%. So the numbers will look very, very good. And that will give a lot of encouragement to people uh, in India. And this will happen all over the world. Now, in addition to that, what's happening is that uh, the pandemic is winding down uh, because of uh, not only better treatment, but because of the vaccines that are now going to be available, <laughs> actually available now, and will be widely available uh, by the beginning of next year. So that also will solve the problem of the pandemic and will get people back to work. Of course, India already is, uh, emerging out of this even without mass vaccination. And we've seen China now is pretty much out of the crisis and is doing very, very well in their economy. So I believe next year will be a very, very good year. And hopefully the stock market will uh, reflect that as well and continue to uh, do well. Excellent, Mark. Mark, one uh,
0: very peculiar trend that we saw in this year was that the world's cumulative market cap was even higher than the GDP of uh, all the countries of the world. How would you react to this and do you think uh, is it because the shrinking of the GDP because of pandemic or? uh, We have overbought the markets and. and we would see a sharp correction in, uh, in the next year.
1: Well, uh, there's no question that uh, the economies have shrunk. So the GDPs have gone down. Uh, the stock market in the meantime continues to go up on the expectation of next year's economic recovery. Uh, now it is true that people say, gee, if you look on a, let's say a price earnings basis, it looks like stocks are expensive. But if you look at it in terms of interest rates, uh, they're not expensive. So if you have a interest rate of let's say 2%, uh, the reciprocal of that is an incredibly high uh, 50% uh, 50 PE uh, terms. So uh, what you've got to do is look at it in terms of where the interest rates lie. And of course, those interest rates continue to go down. And I believe yeah. in India they will probably also continue to decline. Correct.
0: So mark uh, uh, just on 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 emerging markets uh, you know the equity risk premium is at the lowest uh, for the emerging markets, including India and China at this point in time. However, uh, when you look at uh, on the P terms and now that you've explained. Uh, that uh, both India, China and the emerging markets look cheaper in in, uh, respect to the interest. Uh, Do you think uh, 2021 will be a buyout situation? Uh, It will be further, uh, people will further invest into equities or uh, it's going to be a correction uh, before uh, the markets uh, take a a leap forward?
1: I think people will continue to invest in the stock market First of all, because with interest rates so low, uh, they need a home for their money, which will give them some returns, uh, whether it be in dividends or capital appreciation. That's number one. Uh, Number two, uh, you're going to see uh, people being much more optimistic with the recovery in the economies. More and more people will be at work and they'll be earning and they will have savings in order to invest. So I think a combination of these things will mean that the market will still be pretty good in the coming year.
0: Excellent. So uh, you have briefly given your headline statement that outlook for 2021 is going to be good. Uh, Let's uh, deep dive, uh, Mark, uh, uh, like what you had given us, uh, your predictions uh, for the COVID recovery. Where do you think, uh, what are the nuggets of uh, areas to invest how are we going to look at uh, those opportunities and uh, what's your thesis uh, for 2021 outlook?
1: Well, if you look at the uh, what's happening in the economies, uh, one of the reasons, as I pointed out, uh, for the incredible productivity increase we're seeing is connected with technology. Uh, the technological revolution engendered by the internet and by Wi-Fi and all kinds of communication enhancements that we're now experiencing is having a big, big impact on uh, companies around the globe. And they have been enhancing their earnings as a result. So you have uh, artificial intelligence impacting these companies in many, many different ways. So uh, I would say that what we want to emphasize in our investments are companies that benefit and profit from this surge of technology. Now that could be uh, companies that are directly related to uh, the internet, such as uh, internet companies, uh, the likes of Google and so forth and so on. And also companies that supply the equipment that makes this communications revolution possible. Uh, Companies that uh, produce semiconductors, companies that design semiconductors and so forth, and and all of the server equipment that goes into the cloud operations of companies around the world. So uh, directly, these companies will benefit and will continue. They've already been benefiting and they will continue to benefit. But then more importantly than that, uh, companies in every industry, regardless of what sector it is, capable of utilizing technology will uh, really benefit and will be good opportunities for purchase.
0: Mark in the last uh, discussion we talked about you know. Uh, the 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 sectors and companies that would drive the recovery and you had mentioned about you know companies that would uh, digitize faster and go the digital way uh, during the pandemic will emerge out faster. Um, Do you think uh, that has happened? Because in India we do see uh, a huge manpower shortage on digitization and companies are struggling to digitize uh, faster than uh, uh, they would have anticipated. Um, What's your view in the other parts of the world? Are they digitizing as fast as India or China or other uh, emerging markets?
1: Well, it's the same uh, in other parts of the world. I think perhaps China, uh, is ahead of the game in the sense that the government in China has facilitated uh, the rise of uh, these technological uh, giants that you see in in, uh, in China. Uh, but th- the shortage of uh, good computer technicians, software writers, et cetera, et cetera, is felt around the world. But you must remember, there's a whole new generation of people, young people who are very, very familiar with the Internet and are able to surmount these challenges. So uh, it will take time, but we're finding more and more uh, young people getting to this area and succeeding. Uh, In our own business, we find some of the young people are very proficient in the Internet and in the use of technology. And those companies that are able to adopt uh, technology in this way to enhance their business operations will definitely benefit.
0: Excellent uh, Mark, uh, uh, I want to now kind of come to 2021 and talk about a little bit of uh, geopolitics, which could be a party pooper for us in 2021. We have a lot many changes happening. We yeah. have a new Biden era, which is going to come, uh, India, China escalation that has not yet de-escalated. We do not know how this would pan out international trade and tariffs. What has been left behind through the Trump era? We we would don't know whether there would be uh, a rollback or not, and then the whole issue of globalization versus localization. Uh, the four years of Trump era has gone from a drastic globalization to a localization uh, era, and then uh, the whole issues about, you know, just recently, you know Chinese company being banned on US bourses which obviously is not a very strong signal to international uh, investment flows and, uh, you know, listing of, uh, you know, cross border listing of companies for public markets. And obviously lastly would be the vaccine diplomacy. India is trying to kind of woo other nations to use uh, the Indian produced vaccine. China is trying to do that, and I'm sure you know. Other companies, uh, countries are also going to go into the race. So can we spend some time talking about this whole geopolitics in 2021? And um, any of these points could be a big risk for our, our markets uh, globally.
1: Uh, well, first of all, you must remember uh, the Trump policies were not designed to reduce trade. Uh, the policies were designed to engender fair trade because the Americans felt that uh, Trump and even now, the Biden administration uh, realizes that uh, unfair trade is not good for the US. And of course the World Trade Organization rules made it possible for countries like China uh, to benefit uh, erroneously from uh, this trade uh, uh, openness that took place under WTO. Uh, So that's, I think, the idea that uh, trade is going to be inhibited anyway is false. Uh, Trade is actually increasing and will continue to increase around the world. Uh, Whether it be between China and the US, China and India, India and Pakistan or India and any other country around the world, this trade will continue I believe. Now the problem that we face uh, on the trade front is uh, how to make multilateral agreements uh, based on the bilateral agreements that are now in place. And that's a big challenge Uh, at the end of the day, uh, going forward, at least for the short term, uh, trade will very much be based on bilateral agreements between countries. And then maybe we can get back to a WTO type of framework. Uh, The important interesting uh, issue now uh, is uh, has trade actually been reducing and if you look at the Chinese model you'll find that the Chinese are exporting more than they were uh, before last year so this year it's been an incredible year for China despite the Trump restrictions so uh, I believe going forward trade will continue to grow globally simply because we are now in a globalized world whether we like it or not Uh, the internet communications transportation has become a globalized a world, and this will continue. Of course, it's been uh, because of COVID. It's been inhibited to some degree, but uh, still communications uh, are growing. Mark, one quick question uh, uh,
0: that I have is: uh, you know, if China, you know, escalates. Uh, uh, on the border, uh, that would have a very negative impact on the markets per se. Um, and which would mean that the quad or the other alignments uh, around the world may also support India and there could be other realignments. Russia is now going. With China, uh, do you think that's a very potent risk for us in 2021 that could affect our markets and the market
1: sentiment? I don't think so. I think, uh, uh, of course, China has its own um, uh, ambitions, particularly in the South China Sea and other areas. But I don't believe that the Chinese are going to want to uh, uh, engender a a hot war, let's put it that way. Uh, They are interested in more uh, peaceful measures to grow their influence through trade, through investment and that sort of thing. And I think the same thing is true of India. I think want, the Indians want a peaceful world because that's the kind of world which will help the country grow and uh, will enhance the wealth of everyone, including India. So I'm pretty optimistic on that front. I don't think uh, the uh, India-China uh, disputes will uh, grow to any great degree.
0: So there shouldn't be any war. According to you, uh, Honda India China front, for the world markets to steadily grow, I guess. Yes, exactly right. Uh, Mark, let's just switch uh, gears a little bit on a couple of sectors uh, that uh, we invest into and we are looking into and uh, and your outlook on them, uh, particularly housing real estate. Uh, what's your point of view uh, for 2021, and uh, is this a sector that uh, will bounce back faster, or is it going to be still a little bit of a drag on the on the markets?
1: Well, if you look at the housing uh, situation in India and other parts of the world, actually, it's done quite well. Uh, uh, the uh, the movement of people from the cities to the countryside in India engendered a boom, as you know, in uh, local housing. And I. this is the same thing you've seen in other parts of the world. Uh, people staying more at home, therefore focusing on home improvements, maybe building a new home, maybe buying another home, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the housing market has been rather good uh, in most parts of the world because of the COVID uh, situation. And I think going into next year, because of the the recovery, economic recovery generally, that will uh, result in a continuation of the demand for housing and space generally.
0: And what about the commercial real estate part of uh, uh, of the real estate? Uh, we've seen uh, a lot more uh, uh, a reduction in the rentals and the whole leasable uh, space uh, during the COVID uh, time. Uh, is there a bounce back uh, you expect uh, back in 2021? Uh, would, would more uh, office space get consumed uh, and the inventory be reduced? Or do you still expect there will be some softness in uh, 2021?
1: I think there will be a weakening, a continued weakening, because more and more people are realizing that they can operate from home, uh, they can operate remotely, so there'll be less and less demand for office space. Uh, Now, it doesn't mean that the office space market is going to crash. It'll still survive. But I don't think you're going to see the kind of growth that we've seen in the past. So there'll be lots of excess capacity uh, at work at at this uh, area. And this goes same thing for retail space. Uh, Retail space that is able to attract people because of entertainment, because of uh, other things other than shopping, uh, they will do all right. But other than that, uh, more and more people are shopping online and that means the demand for retail space will not be as buoyant as it was before. It'll still be there, but not as buoyant as before. So you do
0: expect uh, pickup and recovery in the commercial real estate to be still far away. Uh, maybe 23 or um, further on yeah later
1: exactly. of uh, 2020 uh,
0: 2021.
1: and i think it'll be a different type of uh, of space a, com- a commercial and office space it'll be more uh, relevant to uh, the young generation of people who uh, want to be near their place of residence and also want to have office space which is a pleasant place to be in with all kinds of facilities, eating facilities, uh, entertainment facilities and so forth.
0: So it will be more the co-working model, business models uh, uh, that had emerged during the pre-COVID era that will kind of uh, go on to be a more mainstream uh, for the commercial real estate uh, uh, in the emerging markets, I believe. Yes. Mark, uh, one of the inputs, uh, To real estate is uh, your steel and uh, we've seen metals rally a lot uh, during the COVID. uh, uh, Pandemic Uh, to an extent uh, that. uh, uh, It's also affecting our cost of real estate, the new built out real estate. What's your view on metals and gold and um, in in 2021 do you expect a correction uh, or? they are going to rally even further.
1: Well, I like uh, gold, as you know. I think gold uh, should be considered a currency rather than a commodity. And it's a good idea to have some gold in everyone's portfolio because we know that uh, currencies continue to devalue. So that's one thing. Uh, When it comes to the other commodities, it will be related to, uh, particularly to technology, what's happening on the technology front. So some of the metals like Palladium, Platinum uh, will be in increasing demand going forward because their use in some of the technical equipment that are being used uh, around the world. Uh, But you must not overlook the fact that uh, India, China and other countries around the world, particularly the large population of countries are continuing to grow and are continuing to demand uh, more power. Now um, people don't want to use coal, but the reality is that people continue to use coal but more and more there'll be a switch over uh, to oil gas and uh, wind power, sun power, that sort of thing. So these the demands for uh, the commodities that go into this kind of power will still be in rather good demand. right? Mark, uh,
0: I want to switch gears a little bit uh, in terms of the money flows and uh, the quantitative easing and uh, different uh, incentives that uh, various governments in the emerging markets provided during the pandemic uh, to facilitate the economic recovery. Uh, What's your point of view? Uh, is this uh, really trickle down to all the different sectors uh, of of the economies in the emerging markets, or do you st- still see the money flows uh, not yet trickle down to ensure that there is a even uh, economic recovery uh, in 2021?
1: Well, it depends on the country you're looking at, but by and large, the uh, the helicopter money, let's put it that way, money that went directly to consumers was used and was consumed and is uh, is responsible to great degree for the recovery of some uh, industries and the maintenance of sales, particularly online sales. So definitely it's been a positive to have that kind of uh, money go into the system. Uh, now you must remember that a lot of this money was also in the form of loans that have to be paid back eventually. So A lot of the companies that have these loans will be pushing up production next year uh and will try their best to improve profitability in order to pay back the loans some companies of course will not survive but uh, that means the surviving companies will gain market share and should do fairly well
0: you mentioned that in our last podcast as well uh mark and uh Interestingly, uh, we have uh, the reliance, which uh, uh, during the pandemic uh, actually raised a lot of money as well to you know move away from the traditional um, energy business into telecom and new age internet business. Uh, are you seeing such pivots also happening with large giants across the emerging markets?
1: Uh, yeah, that's happening globally. Uh, The uh, integration of communication companies and let's say the banking system is ongoing, as you know. Uh, FinTech is the key word uh, for many of these companies and they're now joining the internet revolution with the financial revolution that's taking place. Uh, But this is extended to almost every other area of business, whether it be transportation, whether it be food supply, Etc. So uh, I think the the, uh, the reliance orientation is a very very good one, a very smart one, because rather than just becoming a carrier, uh, you're becoming an integrator, a platform for all kinds of human activity.
0: What's your view on Huawei? Uh- Is this a company that's going to be done and dusted? Uh, Are you still uh, going to invest in Huawei or it's (laughs) a done deal? I haven't made a
1: decision yet.
0: (laughs) Great Mark, I have a few questions coming from the audience and uh, interestingly a lot. Many people uh, want to know about your book, so let's a little bit flip back uh, onto your book. I think uh, there is a little bit more interest on your book, so let's spend some time talking about your book here before we go back to our main topic of 2021 and beyond. Uh, uh, There's an interesting question uh, mark uh, on inflation and uh, and uh, the, the question is as follows. India's inflation is 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 pegged to money supply and other fiscal measures. How would India need to look at deflation
1: for economic growth? Uh, well, India uh, is going to benefit and is already benefiting uh, uh, from deflation because with the technological revolution that you're experiencing in India, uh, you're moving very, very quickly to lower and lower costs in almost every activity, every human activity on the subcontinent. So. Uh, The deflationary trend, even though it looks like you're having inflation with the uh, need for using more currency to buy something, the reality is that the costs in real terms, in terms of incomes, are going down and that's very good for India, particularly for the low income segments of the society. So uh,
0: that should be probably broadening their uh, consumption basket, I believe. Exactly, more, uh, less dollars, but able to buy or consume more uh, goods in
1: their consumption basket. And you must remember that uh, the quality of the products is changing as we speak. Uh, so let's say, uh, let's look 10 years in the past. If we remember uh, the Nokia phone, remember the, the old right. Nokia phone? <laughs> uh, it? You know, now think about that and the cost at that time, and the cost of buying a smartphone today. And the the smartphones now are cheaper than what the Nokia phone was selling for. And the smartphone is doing 10,000 times more items, more ability with all kinds of apps than you ever had with the Nokia. So that's just one example where uh, the qualitative differences that are taking place in products and services is changing the world very rapidly.
0: Mark, interestingly, I want to ask you a question now, since we have mentioned this. Um, you know, our Forex rate is all pegged to inflation and um, you know our ability to export more goods and services abroad. Uh, with your concept of uh, deflation, Would uh, India not become uh, uncompetitive, uh, given that, you know, we we have kept our exchange rate floating and not a fixed exchange rate economy? Do you think we should probably flip to a fixed exchange rate economy?
1: Oh, no, I think uh, fixed exchange rates are a very dangerous instrument. And you've seen in the history uh, how many disasters it's caused. Uh, right. An example of that in recent history is the Asian financial crisis which started in Thailand, if you remember. Uh, the Thai government uh, tried to hold the Thai baht strictly to, uh, I think it was 30 baht to a dollar and uh, they ran out of foreign exchange and of course uh, everything came to a, a real mess and they had to, uh, to tolerate 50 baht to the dollar or even more in some cases. So. Uh, a fixed exchange rate is a very dangerous thing to have for a country. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that the central bank can iron out some of the volatility, uh, but they certainly should not try to hold the exchange rate to a given um, uh, item. But by the way, in that regard, I think it's very important for India and other countries to consider uh, not foreign loans, but local Raising of capital by the government, local bonds on a massive scale to build infrastructure, and as you know, a country that issues bonds in its own currency will never have any problem in paying those bonds back, and that's certainly true right. with the U.S.
0: Correct. Correct. <coughs> Mark, uh, one very interesting question again on on your book. Um, uh, and uh, this is a very personal question. You may choose to answer or not answer. Uh, what was your inspiration behind this book? And uh, how do
1: you how do you what motivated you to write this book? Well, uh, I was in Argentina. We were investing in Argentina, and we came across the the crisis where inflation was going up at a very rapid rate. And the woman who was in charge of the Uh, inflation number uh, calculation was told by the government to make make the numbers lower than they were actually were. So I began to realize that a lot of these inflation numbers are influenced by political decisions and by many other inaccuracies. So that's was sort of the start to look at uh, in more depth at these inflation numbers. And I also realized that too often. Uh, economic policies, very important policies affecting millions and millions of people are uh, based on these numbers, uh, many of which are quite false and misleading. So that was one thing. The other thing I found that in traveling around the world, I noticed that lives have been getting much better than when I started 40 years ago looking at emerging markets. And the question was, why is this happening? What's happening? And of course the answer was technology. And I think we had to reflect on that and show people that things are getting actually better. Life is getting much better than it was in the past. And if we continue to increase productivity as a result of technology, things will even get better than they are now.
0: I will take one more question before uh, uh, Mark we get onto our, our topic of uh, 2021. Um, Very interesting question, Uh, Mark. uh, What is uh, an alternative uh, measure of uh, inflation that governments uh, should probably start measuring?
1: I think what they should be measuring is uh, happiness. Um, In other words, uh, they should be measuring the degree to which people are content and happy with their lives and feel that they are doing better than previously that is really the measure that is most important now i agree i agree that it's a some to some to extent it's a qualitative measure but it can be done uh, so you really should have a happiness index rather than an inflation index
0: in fact uh, in dubai you have a minister of happiness as well exactly. or something like that
1: yes, exactly. uh,
0: under uh, Sheikh Maktoum, I'm told.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Interesting, so Mark, uh, this is a great pivot uh, from, uh, you know, looking at basket of what we buy and consume on a month to month basis and you know, projecting the price increases to uh, you know, contentment of uh, and uh, contentment in terms of what money can do and buy for you.
1: Exactly yes, yes.
0: Excellent mark uh, Let's go back on uh, 2021 um, scenario uh, that we are planning uh, and we're talking today. Uh, so like always Mark, uh, when we ask you which countries and which sectors will you bet on in 2021? What's your topic? pick? Well, I know yeah. you will never talk about the companies, so I'm not going to ask you about the companies.
1: Well, if you uh, look at our portfolios, you'll see that technology is right at the top. Uh, Technology is uh, up there. Uh, Medical-related kinds of companies, uh, particularly those involved in testing and that sort of thing. Uh, And then also anything related to consumer uh, products. Uh, And then finally, companies involved in uh, the infrastructure and the supplying the kinds of products that are used in infrastructure, home building, road building, etc. So those are the four areas that we're particularly interested in.
0: And how would you rank the different countries in your portfolio on your emerging markets? Uh, where is China, India, in the ranking uh, in the pecking order? Well, India is
1: at the top right now. India oh, really? A <laughs> country uh, followed by uh, uh, Korea, then China, Taiwan. And then further down the line, we have some money in Vietnam, some money in South Africa, in Turkey, Brazil, Uh, those are the main ones.
0: Interesting. So Mark, you're going to be staying
1: bullish on India as well. Yes. Yeah, we're quite bullish on India.
0: Excellent. Mark, I need to invite you for your book launch in India. And I'm sure many of our listeners who have been asking these interesting questions. Would also be very keen to get an autograph book uh, from you and read about it as well. It is very interesting uh, talking to you. But before I let you go, Mark, I know you had to go on to another session as well. I was told and uh, I would love to make a few announcements. Uh, our heat map for 2021 for healthcare life census will be released sometime next week. I'm sure. I would also love to share that with Mark for his comments as well. Uh, I want to make two more announcements before I close. Uh, we have been listening to our listeners, and uh, next year we are going to run this quote unquote with KK on two tracks healthy and wealthy. Healthy because of what we have gone through in this year, and wealthy because. Without health, you will not become wealthy. So these are two very intermingled issues, but we have lined up a star of uh, speakers from different areas in health, health care and investments, and uh, we would be with popular demand. We are going to run this on a fortnightly basis. Our team is very excited to give more. Speakers come and talk on our show. Uh, We will be releasing our lineup for uh, the next year very shortly on our website. And, uh, Mark, uh, you have been an inspiration to us. You came in at a time when uh, many of our listeners uh, uh, on the show were very uncertain as to what was the future. What is the future of India? What is the future of their careers? What are the future of their companies? And uh, where is the world going to go ahead with? Your talk was fairly inspirational to the 750 CEOs and 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 people who attended. And I need to thank you from my heart that you know your talk and the subsequent speakers talk have directionally motivated. Some of our listeners who have egged me on. To continue this uh, this show and I really want to thank you for, you know, taking that time on on that show and again, coming back on our season finale today. I wish you all the best uh, safe travels, good health, and I definitely want to look forward to having you in India on your book launch. I'm sure many of our listeners here are equally keen to interact with you.
1: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure and uh, all the best for the new year. And happy uh, 2021. And I'm I'm sure
0: more money is going to come from your fund to India. I hope so. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Mark. And stay safe. Safe travels. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.